This episode of Talk Your Book is proudly brought to you by Spirit Technology Solutions. If you do business, do it with Spirit. Fundies called me up, told me to take a look, but stay stubborn as bulls and talk their own book. Get the money, get the money, get, get the money. Well, Heath Banky, thanks very much for coming on uh, on Talk Your Book. Really appreciate your time. I thought before we get into your asset pick today, if you could start by telling us about Holand Global Investments and how you guys look to invest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pleasure to be here, Chris. So, look... We, Holland was formulated with just a simple uh, purpose of solving for accelerating innovation. Uh, that's the defining thing that I've seen throughout my investment career. If anything, it's just the pace of change uh, has continued to accelerate. And um, so we, we set up with Holland that, with that purpose and particularly uh, for Australians where you can see that we're very old, we're really overweight the old world. Uh, there's no, everybody knows that, we can see that. And really, we live underweight the new world where it's actually, uh, uh, where it's heading. So we're providing solutions that we can resolve that underweight and also to really um, tackle what we think we're going into this exponential age of, of, of uh, technological change. And we think is it, it, what was really going to define your returns as we look forward is whether you understand that change, whether you can be actually on the right side of that change uh, as, we, as we move forward. And you choose to express those views in both equities and cryptocurrencies, is that right? Yeah, so it's an interesting model because um, what I realised that um, is that we the, the the greatest value generators we can see to come out of Web two we can see that with what's dominating global equities today the seven largest mega cap companies in the world which are still growing at some you know unbelievable pace um, and well that's all been you know fettered also by COVID as well but we could see you can see the next iteration of this in Web three. Um, that there's another technological platform forming uh, in the cryptocurrency space, uh, blockchain, distributed ledger technology. So we think it's very important that, yes, we may have a very strong view of being over uh, an Amazon, being invested in Amazon today. We think it's got great prospects. But also you can see there's potential threats coming to Amazon with the new model that's uh, starting to um, really gain a head of steam um, uh, in particularly the last 12, um, 12, 18 months. And what asset did you want to speak about today? Well, well, we'll touch on Filecoin. I think, Chris, it's probably a good example because I think look, everybody's, there's a lot of discussion around Bitcoin, of course, and it's quite, uh, you know, it's uh, controversial to some, you know, energy uh, separating, um, you know, money and state, those sort of conversations. But we think actually Filecoin something is, is a great illustration of uh, how the technology is being utilised to really solve fundamentally big issues uh, that exist today. And talk to me, what, what is Filecoin and what's the problem they're trying to solve? Yeah, so one of the things that we um, I noticed back in 2016-17, it was pretty obvious back then that data privacy is one of the, the biggest issues. And we can see this today um, more, more clearly than ever uh, since then. So Filecoin uh, will, and actually enables an open data platform um, 
where your data can be fully uh, uh, encrypted uh, and not held by uh, uh, a third party who can can control that um, that data. Uh, you actually have control of that data. So you see today, for instance, it's very clear. You go to a platform like uh, Apple, and the developer you know develops an app of Apple. Apple's got a toll road, <laughs> which they actually charge you for that. In an open data world, you, you could actually, as a developer, develop an application um, for, uh, uh, for a particular service with a great user experience where the developer actually owns, um, effectively controls that uh, to, um, uh, application and then also will work in the, the benefits of the user in, in, in that regard. So this is a very significant structural shift in the way the um, the market will operate as we move uh, or we move forward. So the way a simple way to think of it is it provides governance for data. And you'd argue that uh, like Bitcoin would provide, I would say, would provide a governance mechanism for your money in, in the sense of what it, what it actually solves. So it's really providing um, uh, changing markets from being. And you can see this in a lot of cloud market in the cloud market, the way it operates today uh, is that you've got basically got an OTC market in cloud. So when you go to, to, uh, to talk about moving into the cloud, you'll deal with one of the major players, AWS, uh, Azure, you'll, Microsoft Azure, you'll, you'll deal with, um, yeah, if you're in China, it'll be with Alibaba or Tencent. Um, and of course, they're, they're like, you'll, you'll then negotiate contracts um, individually with them through the contrast and compare. But what you can see is happening, Filecoin enables a commodity market in data storage and retrieval to, to evolve, which, uh, so in one, another way to think about it, Chris, is we, we're very familiar with uh, iron ore markets and coal markets. It's the same thing for your data. You're actually... And, and that has pretty significant ramifications in how we can um, um, achieve, you know, better actually service outcomes and, and lower costs for the globe. So almost in, in resources terminology, instead of, let's say there was only Rio and Tinto where you could buy your iron ore from, this technology is opening up a whole host of much smaller iron ore miners that you can now buy for in a, in a, in a data metaphor, if you like. Yeah, essentially allows you... Uh, creates the uh, Airbnb for data storage. Um, so uh, instead of having all these very centralized uh, data uh, repositories around the world, um, you can then actually look at holding the data in a in a distributed sense. Uh, that uh, and while a lot of the it's start the conversation starts in main data centers, over time there's a viewpoint that could even go down to your device where you've got sunk um, you know storage in your device which could be leveraged and you could actually be paid for uh, in providing a, a data service in that way. And what's the growth of people using the service? Yeah, so look, we've seen quite a massive uh, take up um, since the, the, the network went live in October. And um, it, it basically Filecoin raised about two, a bit over $200 million back in mid 2017. We participated in that capital raising. Um, and then they went, uh, spent uh, uh, the following you know, three odd years building out the um, uh, building out the blockchain, and um, it took some time. It's, comp it's complex, um, and but in that process, also in the lead up, they did a lot of work in terms of building out the ecosystem. So today, for an example, there's over. 2,000 what they call miners on the system or, or cloud service providers committing storage to the system. There's uh, uh, over 200 odd businesses 
developing on, on the system. There's accelerators around the system uh, also who are uh, working and promoting new ideas. Uh, Filecoin has also been is being integrated into Ethereum, of course, which is the, the, the second biggest cryptocurrency in that way. And there's and Chainlink is uh, helping with that. Um, you tend to find that Filecoin for Web3 is being uh, it's the go-to place where Web3 is actually storing their data is actually on on, on um, Filecoin uh, in in that way. And and look, the other great thing is that once the um, the token actually listed. Um, you could then see what the economic equation was for for Filecoin uh, in that way as well, and you know much like Bitcoin etc. Of course, with you know the price has come on, it's, it's been up quite strongly from when they raised money, and that's providing lots of incentives for people to get involved and uh, help building the, help building the the ecosystem. And what's its current market cap? Yeah, it's, it, this is an interesting one, Chris, because. The actual why the total tokens on issuance over time will amount to two billion. Um, like the Bitcoin blockchain, uh, of course, over time that was built uh, around um, you know uh, coin issuance uh, as um, miners provided security. Same thing here. What will happen over time is that the actual um, um, Filecoin block rewards are actually earned for providing storage. And there's a, um, a schedule for how that will actually uh, be handed out over the years ahead. Approximately like four, 450 million will be handed out in the next five years uh, around that, providing a healthy incentive up front to actually uh, help build. So when you look at the, uh, the, the token emissions today, though, we're still around the, the 70 million mark because it's just this uh, process over time. As each year goes by, more tokens will be issued and those tokens are then utilised, of course, to, to actually build, uh, build the network um, over time. And you mentioned Bitcoin and, and uh, in relation to this. So it's Bitcoin's proof of work system yep. and you know, Ethereum and is moving to proof of stake as, as other coins are. And this is being termed a proof of space time. Maybe talk us through that and maybe talk us through the, the mining approach for Filecoin because there are three different types of miners and it's a bit a bit different to certainly how Bitcoin's mined. Yeah, yes, Chris. So what, one of the things, and you can understand um, from an outsider's perspective, when you look at Bitcoin and you realise there's a lot of energy being consumed and then... But once you start, people start understanding why that energy is being consumed, you can rationalise um, the price of social scalability. You know, we, we, that's, that's the issue with the, is that we know we've got an issue with the, the governance of our money. You know, those closest to the spigot can tend to uh, manipulate it. And um, this has been a historical thing. But we burn energy to provide uh, that, uh, the security on the ledger to solve social scalability. So that's guaranteed. But we do have, you could argue, there's wasteful energy burnt in that process just to solve the nounce um, with that random function uh, that needs to make sure that's probabilistic in terms of the outcome with the consensus. In the case of Filecoin, what the founder realized that we could do, we could actually have some useful work. We could actually get rewarded for putting, uh, incentivized for putting storage on the network, which people could uh, then um, utilize in, in that way. And, and, and the 
crazy thing about it is also that unlike Bitcoin mining as well, which is energy uh, intensive, Filecoin mining is not energy intensive in, in that way. So you really are providing a useful form of work to prove through time that you actually have um, uh, storage actually committed on, 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 on to the, on, onto the network, uh, network itself. So that in itself is quite an innovation uh, in the space um, because, again, you can see why Ethereum is heading down the proof of stake work and why there's other proofs mo moving to proof of stakes because they're wanting to be more environmentally friendly, of course, but also provide the right alignment. And in the case of um, Filecoin, in addition to you actually um, uh, putting storage on the network, you're also required to put collateral in the network too, Chris. So we um, hold file um, uh, in the network as well. Um, and that provides the guarantees actually on the upside, uh, on the uptime with making sure that our service that's in the Macquarie Air Trunk Hyperscale Data Center, that we're guaranteeing those uptime, um, that there's something at stake that if we don't actually get on and actually rectify the service in that way. So we think it's actually quite, it's quite an innovation to actually do useful uh, work um, uh, for society uh, actually in, in that way. But essentially the way it works is that once you've loaded up, you've, you've, you've sealed your storage into the network, you have to consistently prove, and you've got to, and the computing power required for this is not a lot. Um, it's just consistently messaging back to the network that you're actually improving that you're uh, that you are, have got that uh, storage and that sector actually uh, available in the network for someone to actually store their um, store data actually into over time. And what's the development team like at Filecoin? Yeah, so look, the, the development team, um, uh, there, look, when you sit on one of the, we had this IPFS masterclass recently, and when you sit on an IPFS masterclass, you realise you're dealing with rocket scientists in, in the way they, uh, these guys actually think. You know, um, Juan Bennett came out of Stanford, uh, you know, um, and uh, very smart, a great computer science program there. Um, the great thing about and one of the key things and the attractions of this network as well that we believe they've got the, uh, the early network effect uh, associated with uh, winning the developer mindset, which is really critical with everything that we invest in, Chris. So everything I'm looking at, whether it's the Web2 space with Google, Apple, those the, the big companies so that we see, or whether it's in this Web3 space, you're looking for who's actually, where are the developers engaged and, and why they're, they're gravitating to particular networks. In the case of Filecoin, um, given data privacy, everybody's been affected somewhat by data for privacy to some degree. It's something that people can relate to, it's easy. And of course that for a developer is like a challenge. They really want to provide uh, services that um, uh, preserve those freedoms. Particularly a lot of developers have that real, um, you know, not quite the cypherpunk movement, but that a lot of them feel that way. They, they, it's all about self-sovereignty and making technology that you and I uh, as individuals uh, are moving uh, in, in, in that direction. So in the case of uh, Protocol Labs, the founders, you can see that they've got um, quite a, um, they were, they have about 300 million tokens uh, at their disposal over time, which they can use for development. And if you look at the Filecoin price today, it's nearly 100 Australian dollars. That's quite a significant amount of money. Um, and then the Filecoin Foundation also has 100 million tokens. Um, 
and again, again, significant amount of money that they can put into development. And then uh, like ourselves providing a cloud service and the other 2000 odd cloud service providers, and particularly the bigger ones um, will be, they're fully incentivized to actually work with uh, developers in the ecosystem and fund the development of the ecosystem and providing the tooling, uh, you know, whether that be through, um, you know, direct grants, or whether it be through accelerators or give an example here, Chris, we had a, a, um, a meetup with um, uh, IPFS did a masterclass um, RMIT was heavily involved in that here in Australia and a couple other universities. And at that gathering, we, we said, here's some Filecoin uh, we hand out for those who you know participating. So we, we see a lot more of that will happen going forward to actually, um, you know, for those who actually contribute, there'll be ways to actually uh, to earn in this ecosystem, which is very different than the you know typical the, the company structure and model that we actually have set up today. And when you start actually adding up the number of people involved, you very quickly realize, wow, this is on par with the big guys. Very uh, given the um, you know when you got two thousand odd miners and then all, all, everybody around the a lot of people around the globe actually engaging with it uh, in terms of putting uh, in addition to financial resources, time and effort into building the network. And whether or not you're a crypto enthusiast or, or it's not your cup of tea, it's undeniable that the value of digital assets has gone up significantly. I mean, I mean we saw the Beeple NFT sell for $69 million. So, yeah. I mean, are those sorts of things that are going to be stored on this protocol going forward? And, and is there greater security on a decentralised protocol to store data than there is in those centralised names that we're more familiar with? Yeah, so there's, there's definitely... Um... I suppose if you, if you sit back, um, a data scientist would uh, uh, would say to you one of the one of the issues that we have is great to digitise and uh, and we're creating all this um, this global digital economy, but the the cost of that, uh, of actually storing um, uh, anything digital has to come down over time materially, really materially. Uh, so that's one of the things that you could see here that you know. Um, that the innovation could drive a substantial reduction in the cost of, of storing anything digitally. Now, some people say, hang on, the cost has all been coming down. I would actually argue, no, 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 no. Cost has got to come down a lot, lot further uh, than what it has been. And, and somewhat you can see today in the margins of the very, very big cloud players like Amazon at 40% and, and when they get to scale, that you there's when they get that sizable now it's kind of like they're you know looking like near like they got near unassailable competitive advantages in that regard and there is an argument to say there's not as much innovation that should be going on in the in driving continue to drive down the cost so we can see that actually coming about uh materially uh over time as a result of this the other thing is that from a data perspective, you say centralized versus a distributed solution, uh, the way the underlying core technology works, the IPFS, um, which is essentially, if you think about the, the current system, we've got location-based addressing. So when you actually type in, a, or even this Zoom meeting that we're on, that goes back to some location, some server in the way it's actually run. run. And actually, when you think of it, that's a pretty inefficient way to run a library. You really want to content address the library and go find the content as opposed to go look to the con look look at the location to find the content. 
And this is one thing that Juan Bennett realizes, hang on that, hang on, that wasn't the initial tent, intent of the internet. Um, if you wanted to make an internet that's more resilient um, and mutable, lower cost, um, we're better having a content-based uh, system where that content can actually be hurled um, uh, anywhere in the system. And the benefits of this is very much like if, uh, if you, um, uh, uh, at the moment, if we had a few people sitting in this room and they were drawing on data under a location base, it has to go back to some location. But if that person's already got that data uh, downloaded on their PC, then I wanted to get it. I could just pull it from their PC. It could reference that. So what you end up solving is the um, is the retrieval cost, which is really one of the big components of the cost of data today. It's one thing that having data stored is the other thing is the, the retrieval cost ends up being solved. And then the redundancy with which your data, you've got more flexibility in terms of how you solve um, for what redundancy that you actually want actually in the data itself. And then the, the other thing that becomes clear is also here too, Chris, and there's positives and negatives, but we know like early this year, Trump was censored. We, we saw that. Now, now we, we have our views on Trump. Everybody has their views on Trump. But what, we, what I think most people say, hang on, censoring a US president, is that the right? Should we be doing that? And this is what, you know, again, IPFS with the, the solution can solve that um, because you got control of it, right? And this is kind of important. This is very important too in freedom of speech because we've seen this in other areas of the world where, you know, if you've got a, a government that is, um, you know, not in a democracy, wants to control, um, we've seen them cut basically the location-based addressing. Mm -hmm. If you actually shift it to this form, then they can't actually do that. It's very hard to actually to, to do that. So um, it, it just makes the internet far more uh, resilient from that perspective. So in many ways, when you compare the centralized versus the distributed, the distributed enables a lot more uh, value propositions that just couldn't happen under a, a centralized system in the way it actually uh, operates. So it's like a it's an, it's like a step change in terms of what the innovation actually represents. And how much Filecoin is mined in China? Uh, look, it's kind of that's an interesting question. It's kind of like there's definitely a big following in China because of the founders. Um, uh, spent a lot of time in China educating um, uh, a lot of Chinese about the benefits of shifting to content-based addressing. And, um, and one, I think I did a uh, presentation in Shanghai, I think it was back in 2016, and it was one of those pin drop moments in the room when he sort of demonstrated what could be done with the technology and everybody went, oh, wow. So, so they could see that uh, what the benefits of IPFS is. So he started getting a strong following uh, there. And it, it, today, when you look at the blockchain itself, um, it depends on, like, not everybody's identifying themselves on it, but you can see the uh, several of the largest in the top 10 are out of, uh, out of China in, in that way. So it's hard to estimate, but it's, it's, it's far more, it is far more decentralized today than a, like, Bitcoin mining. Because in some ways, when you think about what Bitcoin mining it's driven really by uh, scale is important, uh, low cost in terms of energy uh, and cool climates. Mm. And in, there's a couple you know, provinces in China that have that in, in droves. So that's why the economic outcome drives that way. In the case of Filecoin, 
uh, it's different because it's not energy intensive in that way um, from that perspective. So initial phases, when you look at the numbers, it's, it, it's you know, you'd, you'd, it'd be less than like, I think it's be less than 20% I'm off the top of my head, but it's kind of, um, um, and, and like I say, not everybody has provided the, the their location in terms of where, 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 that, where they are based, but it's pretty broad spread across the world. Um, but China's a, a, a definitely a place of, of interest for this. And, you know, if there's a, a Chinese government crackdown on, on cryptocurrencies broadly and Filecoins included, is that, do you see that as a, as a potential risk to the price if, that, if the government attempted there to crack down on, say, the Filecoin mining that's occurring in China? Yeah, I mean, there's always that potential risk uh, that, um, um, that the government may intervene i think in the case of like when you look at filecoin as a proposition because it's very uncontroversial mm. in the sense of really it's a cloud service it doesn't to, have the energy usage of bitcoin i guess which is a, a bit of a sticking point potentially right, yeah and it's very clear that the filecoin token is a utility token that drives the actors actually in the network um and you can also see from the chinese government but i'll give you an example there's a, a group up in china They've just announced over a billion yuan investment in an industrial park that will be providing a data center focused on cloud um, cloud mining, cloud filecoin mining. So you, you can see there's a significant economic opportunity in getting involved uh, in this. And I don't think, like anywhere in the world, it's like, it's like the conversation we've had out here in Canberra where, you know, Google, Facebook, you know, what, what you know, everybody's complaining about it, you know, hang on, they've got my data. Well, actually, here's solutions that can solve that. So um, why, would you, what, why would you want to crack down on the next solution that could really challenge um, uh, some of the Web2 solutions today? So, but there's definitely, uh, you can understand sometimes why on the Bitcoin side of conversation, there, and some of the, what's happening in crypto, one of the biggest in things in crypto, of course, it's just in... Some you know people talk about crypto being the wild wild west, and you can understand that to some degree. But you know, I only have to look in the ASX. There's you know there's two thousand three hundred odd companies, only three less than three hundred make money, mm. and you want to encourage innovation, right? There's absolute you want to encourage innovation. You don't want to stifle it. And the same thing in the crypto space. You've got you know lots and lots of these assets, but and and the vast majority of them uh, are not going to. Um, they're not investment grade, not by a long shot. Um, and uh, so from that side, you can understand consumer protections um, and, and that conversation that comes from, uh, from governments and regulators around that. But I think this is to us what was very clear, and this is the great thing about Filecoin, when we talk to people about it, they can actually see, oh, hang on, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, we could solve that big issue in Web2 in web and then we can drive a lot of uh, efficiencies out of it. Now, hang on, those numbers are pretty material. So you tell them we could invest in data centers in Australia supporting this? Yeah, you could actually, and we could fund a whole development community? Absolutely, you could fund a whole development community. All aimed at, you know, moving us on from Google, Facebook. <laughs> and so for, a, you know, from my own perspective, <laughs> is it sort of a more experience in equity investing? To break it down... You've got 70 million coins currently in issue. Yeah. 100 bucks US a coin? 100 bucks Oz? Oz, I think, at the moment. So five, call it market cap currently is 5 billion US. Does that make sense? Yeah. Fully, fully diluted, it'll be about 13 billion once two, if 
full 200 million coins are issued and the price is the same as today. You'd yeah, say fully diluted market cap of about 13 bill. Oh, no, no, fully diluted. Uh, 200, 2 billion tokens kind of by 100. So you're talking... 200 two, bill. 200 bill. 200 bill, fully diluted. Yeah. So, gee, so then you've got, and then you've got, so then you've got to take a view on the total addressable market for data yeah. centers. Yep. And then you've got to try and decide what portion of that you think Filecoin can get. Yeah. Yeah. Before working out, I mean, that's a rough way to value this in terms of a business, a business sense. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's very, it's, it's a bit like, I suppose a good analogy would be if you look at SME accounting desktop versus cloud and you think about that in the Australian context uh, Chris so MYB back in the day like we've always always had around 2 million SMEs in the country even since 2000 it's grown a little bit over time uh, of course the SME formation this is according to the ABS stats but prior to the being SME accounting being in the cloud um, you found that the addressable market was actually only like 600,000 of that 2 million viewed as valuable. Today, what we've found is that um, the market size is actually much larger than what we think because there's actually the ABS was underestimating how many businesses. But essentially, by shifting into cloud, you'll never go back to your desktop. We save all this time and effort on bookkeeping, et cetera. You've got real-time information on your business. So the value proposition went up very substantially notwithstanding also, Chris, that you're paying the same price per month as a subscription. So you grew the market very enormously. So in the case here, it's like when you move it from centralised to distributed data and it's an open source platform, it's a very similar analogy that you find that you're going to create a whole bunch of innovation you can't predict uh, as a result of that. Um, you're going to materially have the potential to materially lower the price of providing that um, service and then the whole data sphere is growing exponentially. So th these are the factors to weigh it up. And it's kind of, it's a bit like when you, uh, you look at the Bitcoin conversation again, what we say to a lot of people to get off zero is there is a probability here that we might shift across to a system based on purchasing power. And around Bitcoin, you can build a financial system. We're seeing this because we invested in a bank in Wyoming that's doing it. Like so, what you realise even on that side is just the numbers get can get very very large. It's hard to estimate. Like you just know the value proposition strong, the tailwinds are there. What we say to people, and for our perspective, I've got big positions in cloud. I really want, but I need to know where this goes. I need to know how data is going to shift, and I need to understand that. And that's why we see Filecoin as an opportunity with that. But it's also really about. Um, making sure that we're over where that conversation actually heads. And the way to think about some of this is, is infrastructure for the digital age. And that's why, which everybody can use. And it's not, and, and what we'll find is there'll be companies, unicorns will build around this, just what's happening with Bitcoin. And then when you kind of realize, well, hang on, that Bitcoin can be very large, Filecoin can be very large. That's kind of what we're seeing the key pieces of infrastructure from that perspective. So that's the way we, we sort of think about it. And it's really to be definitive on valuation is harder to know, but you just know there's a very strong value proposition with a very strong community engagement and movement behind it uh, where you can see very fertile ground being laid 
to create something that that will really help society. So that's the kind of, it's a bit like you have a little bit in your portfolio, hold it there, study it, watch it over time, goes to zero, it's not going to kill you, but this could change your life, that kind of conversation. And I guess too, that portfolio approach is key because you haven't sold your Amazon shares to go all in on Filecoin, have you? You sort of, if this doesn't work and it stays with Azure, we... Or AWS, where you're going to be covered, yep. and um, if this really does disrupt and, and takes the margin away from those those big big dominant monopolies currently, then you're going to share in that upside. Exactly right. And look, I think the other key thing here is you know data is fundamental. Like uh, data storage is going to be it's like insurance. It's fundamental. Like you need it. You can't get away from it. Um, so it can't be substituted in that regard. So that that's a very well, that's very clear from that side of things. Uh, and to really, when you start going into the ecosystem and you realize what YouTube may look like in this system, you kind of go, yeah, okay. Um, and I need to know that because I've got pretty, like I've got forecasts on YouTube for Google, which is they're going to monetize that. You know, you know that as a media guy, you know that conversation. So it's kind of like for us to be across where this could actually head in that way and how data could shift is what's really key terms of feeding into our investment process beautiful well i appreciate the time mate it's been great to uh go down the file coin rabbit hole with you and uh yep. it's a it's a crazy new world out there so appreciate you walking through it uh, pleasure to uh, be on chris and have a chat great this episode of talk your book is proudly brought to you by spirit technology solutions if you do business do it with spirit if you're enjoying Talk Your Book, make sure you subscribe to Chris Judd Invest. Nothing you hear today should be considered investment advice. Please do your own research and seek out your own financial advisor before committing any capital to these markets.